Hello and welcome to the itinerary episode number 12 as we take you to a place so nice they named it twice. Bora Bora. Hello everybody, I'm Jared Schwartz. I'm Melissa Schwartz. You can catch us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe. When you pull up the itinerary on iTunes and Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or iPad, just scroll down on the itinerary, rate it five stars, of course, write a review, subscribe, tell a friend, most importantly, tell a friend. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's easy to do so. Send your travel questions and comments about the podcast to theitinerarypodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't know how to spell that, then don't listen to this. We travel a lot. Everyone always asks, Jared's laughing at how mean and snarky I am. Anyway, I'll start again. We travel a lot. Everyone always asks, where'd you go? How'd you get there? Where'd you stay? What'd you do? We thought we'd take you through how we booked our flights, whether it's points, upgrades, cash. Then we'll go through where we stayed, what we ate, and all the activities that we did on this itinerary. Well done. Well done. Um, Have some special shout-outs before we get started on this week's episode. First off, Elise, down in Florida. Appreciate your support. Keep sharing these episodes. Elise let us know she was binging a couple of episodes over the weekend and hysterically laughing at last week's Bahamas episode when Melissa tore into the SLS staff. That is correct. (laughs) You did. Um, So, Elise, thanks for uh, listening, binging, and sharing as well. Second shout-out goes to Jim, Brett, and Griffin over in Atlanta. They were intrigued by the St. Lucia episode regarding no fourth wall at Jade Mountain. They had previously been to St. Lucia but stayed somewhere else. And we're pretty fascinated by how this worked. Also, their favorite trip trip recently was Patagonia. So that may be something we'll have to get to at some point. And third and final shout out on this week's episode goes to Justin out in San Francisco. Says he's been listening to the great restaurant tips of all the international destinations and even suggested a new system, which we're actually going to implement at the end of the episode, where we give each category a certain number of passport stamps. So airlines, accommodations, food, activities, and an overall number of passport stamps. That will be the rating system, and you're going to get that at the end of this episode of The Itinerary. If you want to go back and listen to episodes 1 through 11, it's so easy. Just search for The Itinerary on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Type in The Itinerary. You have the first 11 to choose from. Last week, you can hear about Melissa destroying our hotel in the Bahamas. Before that, like I mentioned, we had no fourth wall in St. Lucia. Prior to that, the majestic views of Switzerland and the blue, blue waters of Greece. So, this is episode 12, Bora Bora. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's go. So, when people say Bora Bora, the first thing that comes to mind for me at least is it's a world's away. Prior to going there, I didn't know much, although It seemed to be on everyone's bucket list. So here's just a brief overview. Bora Bora is a small South Pacific island northwest of Tahiti in French Polynesia, surrounded by sand, 
uh, turquoise lagoon protected by a coral reef. It's also a popular luxury resort destination where some guest bungalows are perched over the water on stilts, like we stayed. Um, at the island's center rises Mount Otimanu, a large dormant volcano. So that's the gist of Bora Bora, but it really doesn't begin to describe the beauty and dramatic colors you'll see once you land in French Polynesia. How we got there, that's another story. Um, this was one of the toughest places to get to that we've done, um, not only because it's three flights from the East Coast, but more so it's the lack of options and availability. For points, especially. Yeah, for points and miles, which we try and do on international destinations if we can, especially if you're flying business class or want to fly business class and get that lie flat seat. Um, really save your miles up and use it for that because these tickets, the cash value is upwards of five, six, seven thousand dollars depending on where you go. So for a one-way ticket, for a one-way ticket, so you really get the bang for your buck um, if you save those miles, whether it's through credit card sign-up bonuses, um, you know, just different things that you can do um, to get your miles all together. Um, transferring from different partners, one to the other to the other. And that's what we did. That was the mindset going into it. And we did this um, at the end of 2017 going into 2018. Um, for our honeymoon. For our honeymoon, that's correct. So this was the first leg of the honeymoon going to Bora Bora, someplace both you and I had discussed previously. Yeah, and they'll have to tune in next week to hear what the second leg is. Good tease right there. I know. Um, I'm, a, I'm a good teaser. <laughs> but it, it was always a, a place that I had in mind, and, and just like I said off the top of the show, that it, it's like out there. It's somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And that's pretty much true. Like, it, it was tough um, just navigating the research on how we're going to do this, uh, what the best way to go, what's the best redemption value for our points. So... Uh, like we mentioned, we use points on the majority, if not all, of this leg. Uh, in the United States, you really have to get to California in order to get to Tahiti, in order to get to Bora Bora. So uh, the hard leg of the trip is the Los Angeles to Tahiti because at the time that we did this, your only options were Air Tahiti Nui, which had one flight per day and two on Sundays, and Air France, which only flew three times a week. That's it. That's all your options from the entire United States to, to, to get to Tahiti. Now, there's additional options from San Francisco on United and budget carrier French B, which flies just a couple of times a week. So does United. So at the time, our choice is Air Tahiti Nui and Air France. They're both partners of Delta, um, which we had a significant stash of miles for. We could also transfer some from Amex directly to Delta. Um, if we wanted to do that. So that was our plan. It, it wasn't easy to get, and we really didn't get the whole thing. We got the big portion of what we wanted to do. So I think initially we wanted to just do a straight shot of New York to Tahiti with a layover in L.A. That, would, that same, would be fantastic. On the same ticket. And that was available, but that was available for 180,000 miles per person for a business class seat. Which we didn't one, have. For a one-way trip, which we didn't have, which even if we had, you, Ridiculous. Just, you just felt like it yeah. wasn't worth it. So 
that's when you figured out that we could do LA to Tahiti for literally half of that miles at 90,000 and we would just have to figure out how we would get to LA on our own which there are a zillion flights a day from yeah. New York to LA. Yeah, I mean not a, not a problem at all on that like so the most important one was we needed to leave on a specific day. So Air France was not an option for us. Um, so we went with Air Tahiti Nui, which I mentioned is a partner of Delta. They're also a partner of American. Um, but the award availability does not show up on Delta's portal, um, which is the case in some instances with rather hard places to get to. Um, for whatever reason, uh, they only have a certain number of seats that uh, Delta or American can book per flight. And I believe when I called, they said it's two. So there are two seats for Delta Airline customers to book on each flight, which is nothing, right? Um, so we did this probably almost a year in advance, I would say. January 30th. To, or, be, to, to be exact. To, to leave on December 17th the following year. Which is super far in advance. And like that's literally maybe the first or second day that you can book it. But that's what we decided to do. And we grabbed those seats. So... As I mentioned, I had to call um, and be on the phone with an agent for probably about two hours um, just to try and get this done and see if it would work. Wound up being about 90,000 miles just for that Los Angeles uh, to PPT route, which is the Tahitian airport there. Um, We got two business class seats. As Melissa mentioned, they wanted about double if we did the whole itinerary from New York. So we wound up just paying cash for that ticket, connected the flights um, are on, on our itinerary and had our backs uh, checked all the way through. Yeah, so since Jared mentioned that Delta and Air Tahiti Nui are partners, we bought our own business class tickets on Delta and because they're partners, they sent our bags through. So when we uh, arrived in LA, we didn't need to get our bags. Right, and then from... Tahiti to Bora Bora, you fly Air Tahiti, which is the only option. Uh, No relation to Air Tahiti Nui, completely separate airline, uh, about an hour flight over there. But, um, you know, let's talk about the actual flight. So the Delta one at first, uh, JFK to Los Angeles, your standard transcon flight, it was a 767-300. It had the uh, one-to-one layout in business class. And, you know, this is a five-hour, maybe six-hour trip. Um, you know, the seats lie flat. They're comfortable. You get a meal, extra room. Uh, we really booked it in business because it was our honeymoon and it was the first leg. So who wants to fly middle seat coach, uh, you know, when you're going on this big trip? So uh, we did that and then had the connection in Los Angeles. And let's talk about Air Tahiti Nui because when we booked this, Um, We did want to leave on this date. It was the only option, but, and I say a big but, their advertising was totally off for what we actually got. I thought it was a pure bait and switch on their part. And, um, you know, this was advertised as a new cabin on the inside. The plane was an A340, which is the four-engine older Airbus model, but... They did say a couple of years back that they upgraded their entire inner cabin. So it was going to be bright and, you know, islandy and uh, lots of blues and greens, fully lie flat seats in a 222 configuration. Um, 
and how would you describe it when we walked onto that plane, what you saw? Like I was in a cheesy basement from the 1970s. Totally agree. 1972. I wasn't even around, but I figured it was 1972. I wasn't around either, Jared. I, I, do, <laughs> I do know that. Um, but that's what came to mind as well. Um, you know, it was old. It was dreary. Uh, things were falling apart. Uh, and this was business class. We, we legitimately thought we were in coach. Um, also, the seats were angle. They weren't lie flat. Correct. They were flat angle seats, which um, they did not advertise on their website at all. And when I asked the, uh, the head flight attendant, you know, what, what is going on here? Because, like, I'm looking literally on my phone while we're on the plane, and I'm showing her the website. Like, this is not what I booked. This is not what I want to fly eight hours in. And she said... Well, that's our new cabin, and this particular um, aircraft has not been retrofitted yet. And I said, well, why not? Is this what you're flying? And they said to me, no, we only fly this one one day a week. Oh, lucky us. The special day we get to go on this 1972 jet uh, where the armrest is falling apart. There is no seat back pocket. It's fixed angle, so it, it... only reclines, you know, like halfway. Um, it was just not the way we wanted to start out. And we really felt like, like, what the heck? Like, like you spent 90,000 miles each, right? 180,000 miles. Cash value of those redemptions is pretty high in itself. And, you know, you felt like you were being taken advantage of. Um, but there was really nothing we could do at that point. After is a different story. Um, but... You know, we got there safe. The food sucked. <laughs> for Jared what I, was like, I'm going to write a letter. Oh, I wrote, wrote a, a letter. letter. I wrote a big, long letter. Yeah, I'm not the only one in the family that's a B-I-T-C-H. I wouldn't say that. I was just mystified that, you know, they're advertising one thing and you're getting something completely different. Um, you know, yeah, the food was crappy. Um no in-flight entertainment at all, um, so no screens on the back of the seats. Um, it, yeah, it stunk. Like I was, I was really let down because like this is the start of your honeymoon. You're so excited. It's an eight-hour flight from Los Angeles to Tahiti, and it just wasn't you know what we expected. But life goes on. Um, so, are you wearing your hubby T-shirt because you're feeling nostalgic about our honeymoon? Yeah, I, I wanted to get put in the mood, so um, I broke it out today. Um, so Air Tahiti Nui, just to wrap up on that, they have added, since we've flown them, a Dreamliner to their fleet, which, um, brand new plane. The Dreamliner is my favorite. It is your favorite. Uh, brand new interior, uh, <laughs> which I saw. Uh, they fly it three times a week. The older planes, the A340, is still flying a few times a week until... They get more of the Dreamliners in their fleet. But if you are planning on heading to Tahiti, Bora Bora, um, look online and make sure you book the Dreamliner because uh, that plane uh, is brand new right out of the factory uh, a couple of months ago. So uh, make sure you know you fly on that one. Um, and then we mentioned Air Tahiti, uh, which is a separate airline, flew on the ATR-72. That's a turboprop plane, booked it with cash. 
Um, you know, they have a few flights a day from Tahiti to Bora Bora. Uh, 2-2 layout. Uh, they say sit on the right side of the plane because that's the great views. So that's what we did. It's uh, open seating on that plane. So an hour and then you're at Bora Bora. So when you get off the plane, this airport is pretty much like nothing like I've seen before. You know, what, did, what did you see when we got off? What were your initial thoughts? Well, the airport is like an island, so you're surrounded by water, and all of the hotels have their boats parked there so they can take you to the separate islands that all these hotels are on. Each hotel has its own island. Yeah, you, um, you get off the plane, you walk outside, and you're like at a resort. All the, the hotels have their stands. You, you get a lay that's put around your neck, um, and then you go over to quote-unquote baggage claim, uh, which is really a guy in one golf cart taking the luggage and dropping it on the sidewalk right next to the boats um, so your captain can put it on the boat and then you can head off uh, to the island. So really, you know, quick process, took 10 minutes or so. Um, and then you book uh, each, as Melissa mentioned, each individual hotel has a separate boat. Um, you charge, what is it, 122 20, bucks? Uh, yes, that's exactly what it... In today's conversion, it's yes. $122 per person round trip. Okay, so you do have to pay that extra. And where were they taking us? That is the big question. So, um, we stayed at the St. Regis in Bora Bora, and we did a lot of research, mostly you, um, on where you wanted to stay, why you wanted to stay there, um, so what's the overview of this property? We were there for six nights, um, you know, some of the highlights of it and then some of the, the details of our particular room. Yeah, so there are a ton of beautiful resorts that are in Bora Bora. You have like the Intercontinental, you have a Hilton, uh, especially since this was our honeymoon though, I was adamant about either staying at the Four Seasons or the St. Regis and at the end of the day, I also was adamant that we needed an over-the-water villa, and so... Me too. Me too. You as well, and I was fine, whatever one wound up being the least amount of money, just because I hadn't heard a bad thing about either of those properties. So we wound up staying at the St. Regis. I'm not going to say because it was cheaper, because it certainly wasn't cheap, uh, but it was... No, it wasn't. It was less money than the Four Seasons. So do you think... You mentioned... Uh, Four Seasons and St. Regis for hotel chains are are those the top two in Bora Bora or your top two in general wherever you go? So for Bora Bora those are definitely I think the top two. Uh, the Brando um, is technically its own island so not Bora Bora but that's really the creme de la creme. Um, but that's not that's not a chain, right? No. Okay. That's its own boutique. And that is Marlon, that Marlon, Marlon Brando's lot of land that he created this resort. Um, Obama stays there. I think it's at minimum like twelve thousand dollars a night. Dang. Okay. That wasn't even mentioned in our in our uh, exploration of different resorts, but. Um, beyond see see how budget friendly I am. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, okay, so Saint Regis, uh, you pull up on the boat, and you're greeted immediately by a cast of characters. Um, you have you know your front desk people. You had the GM of the whole resort. You had your personal butler. 
um, which took you on a golf cart and took you to your villa. We stayed um, in an overwater deluxe one-bedroom villa. This was pretty big, 1,600 square feet. Um, they had the glass on the floor, which was really cool that you could see the water below you. Um, a patio on in the back where you can jump in the lagoon, scuba gear, bikes to ride around the property. Um, one of the funny things, like when we first entered the room that I saw, the TV was on and it was on the movie Couples Retreat, if you remember that one with Vince Vaughn, was it? Yeah, Vince Vaughn, John Favreau. And this was like, you know, I don't know, channel eight or nine. And, you know, it was just on in the background, on in the background. And then the movie ended, I saw like, you know, an hour later it ended. And then literally 30 seconds later, it started again. This movie, Couples Retreat, plays the entire, plays in a 24-hour yeah, loop. it's a dedicated channel. Dedicated channel. And why, why is it on there, you ask? Because the movie was filmed okay. there. Right. It was filmed at the resort. And so they have a dedicated couples retreat channel 24-7. You can watch that movie. So do you remember the hotel? So in couples retreat where the couples stay, they stay at the St. Regis. And then there's like the naughty resort for the single people that's across the water. Do you remember which property that was? Um, Lemeridian. Yeah. It was on the tip of my both, tongue. Both under the Marriott portfolio but in the movie it was wasn't it eden east and yes. eden west yes okay that's what i that's what i remember um but yeah it was right across the water but ours is where they filmed the movie and that's why um if you really want to go to bora bora to uh, watch movies 24 7 you can watch that one on a loop um what were some of the highlights of the of the villa for you so i think it's so cool that you're on the water literally on yeah. top of the water and then different parts throughout your villa have glass on the bottom so you can see the water, you can see the fishes. It's so cool. Oh, I agree. Um, and so you're out on a pier, these overwater villas, um, probably about 10, 20 in a row, and they extend out throughout the whole resort. And then they have, you know, a main portion of the uh, property, which has restaurants, it has uh, pools, it's where the beach area is, and you get there, you you can get there by foot, you can call your butler to pick you up in a golf cart, or you can do it by bike, and we pretty much, I would say 80% of the time, did it by bike. Um, The bikes are all over the property, use them when you want, keep them at your villa, get a new one, Um, and pretty easy, because things are spread out there, Um, but the property itself was was just beautiful. Uh, one way overlooked the volcano, which I mentioned. The other way, um, the lagoon on the other side. The And here's a little fact. If you want to email us, our picture for our Gmail account is both Jared and I on those bikes with all of the villas behind us. So you can see what we're talking about if you email the itinerary podcast at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Great. Um so, yeah, the bikes were, were a good benefit. Um, it's cool how it's set up where, like, you're on your own remote island. Obviously, you can only get there by boat, um, but they have different things that, that's cool. They have one area where sharks are fence, fenced in. They have a separate area with a lagoon, lagoon area, which is a man-made lagoon 
um, with all the fish and the coral. You can scuba dive in there, which we did. Snorkel. Snorkel, sorry. Um, snorkel, and it brings you right up to the spa. So after your snorkeling sesh, the strenuous. You, you, of, you can go of get a massage. Using those flippers. Yeah, you can go get a massage as well. Um, so, and then yeah, you're really just hanging out, like. You chill on the patio. Um, as we mentioned, the room's 1,600 square feet, so no shortage of space there. Um, but we, we really um, just wanted to go somewhere where we didn't have to move much, and this was the place to do it. Like, we would eat breakfast in the morning, which is included, and we can talk about that more when we get into the food section. Um, but then during the day, we were really just, you know, chilling, like get a bottle of wine, go outside on the patio, jump in the water. I swim around a lot. Um, the water is probably about eight, nine feet deep. Um, so it's not too deep and it's not too shallow. Um, you feel, you feel like you're with the fishes in there. Um, you can swim by other people's villas. You can go underneath to the other side and see some of the two and three bedroom villas that they have. Those ones have the infinity pool, um, on the edge, but if you can go in the water and you can jump, just jump off your balcony, there's really no need for that. Um, unless you're like super scared of the open waters of French Polynesia. Um, but that's what we did a lot. Just jump in off the back patio. Yeah. Initially we like would lay at the pool or we would go to the beach, but then we realized that, you know, we have these two great lounge chairs on our own patio and you have privacy there and you could jump into the water whenever you get warm. So that was really what we began to do. That was our daily routine. So this is totally isolated, as I mentioned. So you would think, well, how do they get all their food there? Um, and what restaurants they have? What are the options? Am I stuck? Um, so let's go over some of the restaurants they have. The food prices are sky high. There's no doubt about that. If you're ordering you know, a chicken sandwich or a burger like on room service, you're going to be charged $42. Like, it's insane. For a sandwich. For a sandwich. That's it. Not, not including drinks, not including if you want fries, anything like that. Um, so our go-to was have a big breakfast, which was included. And it was a great breakfast buffet. Um, you can also order, order eggs off the menu. They had smoothies. Um, if you want to go Bloody Mary, they had a Bloody Mary bar every morning. Um, so we loaded up Speaking on that. Speaking of Bloody Marys, yeah. one of the things I love about the St. Regis is that every single St. Regis has its own dedicated Bloody Mary. And the Bloody That's Mary right. at the Bora Bora location was called the Bora Mary. And it was either you could choose fresh stra- strawberry or fresh watermelon puree. You do love your pur- puree. I did. I've noticed that. Yes. Muddled fruit, correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, so we did that to start. Um, let's talk about some of the restaurants on the property. Sure. So we went to Lagoon the first night, which is John George's restaurant. And that, that's their signature that's restaurant. That's their signature restaurant. I've said this before on our other podcasts when we've stayed at resorts that have John George restaurants, um, such as Eden Rock in um, St. Bart's. I, I'm just not a fan of his stuff. Um, so why is everybody, because it seems like, and I don't know if it's just the places we stay, but every place we go to seems like they have a John George restaurant. Well, he definitely has um, a relationship with the St. Regis. Um, I think that we like a certain 
caliber of hotels. So then you have like a private resort like Eden Rock that, you know, I, I think at this point, John George is just like a slut and he's just like selling himself. Chef to, slut? Yeah, he's a chef <laughs> slut. Um, he definitely sold out and he'll just, you know, go to the highest bidder. But I'm not a fan of his food. I find it to be mediocre at best and extremely overpriced. I, I agree with that. Um, so this is a mix of French and Asian cuisine. Uh, one night I had a steak. It was fine. Uh, one night, I believe, uh, you had sea bass and another type of fish was just okay. And the prices were sky high, as Melissa mentioned. Um, but that's their signature restaurant. Um, the views it, are beautiful, though. The I views mean- outside are beautiful, and the views down below are beautiful because they have that glass floor mm-hmm. in the restaurant, which is cool because the sharks are right underneath. Um, so that was, that was you know probably the highlight of that. Uh, no shark on the menu that I saw, though. No. Um, the other place is Bamboo uh, Sushi. Uh, we went there one night, again, overpriced, um, not great, fine. My favorite meals were when we would order room service for dinner and we would have dinner on our dock and just be over the water for sunset. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat it, right? Um, yeah, we did that a couple of nights. They had two others, which we didn't go to, uh, Te Pau, and um, they had an Italian restaurant um, as well. But we did go off property one night to this place called Villa Mahana, which was recommended to us. Um, I think somebody told you about it. Yeah. So uh, my former client, who's now my friend, Lauren Frigione, her and her husband had stayed at the St. Regis. They were married, I believe, in either 2009 or 2010 when the property was initially built. Um, And so... That was like probably my only issue with the property is that I I felt like by the time we got there, it was eight years old and it could use some refreshing. Um, But yeah, they raved about Villa Mahana. We went, we liked it. Um, I think for the caliber of food that you're getting at Villa Mahana, it's less money than at the resort. However, it's about $50 to get there. So the resort charges you to take a boat to like, the central Bora Bora, which is like a third world country, and it was like very upsetting. I've never seen so many stray dogs that had like maggots on them. It was it yeah. Was I want to go. I want to go into you know the central portion of Bora Bora. Maybe after we we wrap up the food, but um, Villa Mahana, um, you know, single chef, really like a, it was in a house. It looked yeah. like uh, five tables or so. They do like a tasting menu. Um, I am not a bread person. I just want to put that out there. They gave us this coconut bread. Um, and Jared says probably the reason I liked it so much was because it was more like a cake. But it, it was, was delicious. Um, I still think about it. And our friend, Stephen Beth, got married in September and we told them to go there. And they unfortunately did not have a positive experience. Uh, Steve okay. wrote one of the funniest TripAdvisor reviews on Villa Mahana. Um, it's one of the funniest reviews I've ever read. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, he's another bitch. So, yeah, I, like, bitch in, like, a good way. Um, you're giving me, like, really weird looks right now. But, yeah, I liked it. Um, but, yeah, you have to you have to pay money to, to go out to to leave the property. To get there. Yeah. I mean, you pay the 50 bucks, they take you across the water, you get picked up by a taxi, another 20 minutes, 
and then you're there, and then they take you back. The um, restaurant, though, to encourage you to come, though, they pick you up free of charge. Right. Like, they arrange your taxi. So since we're on the topic, uh, let's talk about the main island a little bit. So how it's set up is these moats, um, where the resorts are, are around the central portion of Bora Bora. Now, on this central portion is where the volcano is, where we went to Villa Mahana. Um, we went one day to do an activity, which was a, a dune buggy ride, which is like a go-kart. Um, and there's one road that takes you around the island. Do you remember why we decided to do that? So first of all, if you go during the day, they don't charge you money to get to like Bora Bora proper. But do you remember why we did the dune buggy? Yeah, we needed to make a booze run. Exactly. (laughs) We need to liquor up. Um, yeah, nobody wants to pay freaking $25 for a glass of wine. So, uh, we asked them, where can we get liquor at? And they said, oh, it's, uh, there's one store. It's on the main island. So, you know, we figured let's make it fun at least. And rather than taking a taxi, we rented these dune buggy go-karts, which were, were cool, um, for the first part before we got lost on the way back. Um, but literally went around the entire island and I'm asking, like, obviously our phones aren't working, so I have no GPS, no maps. I'm like, where is the liquor store? And they go, downtown. Like, three people said downtown. So I'm, like, looking around for this downtown, um, and it's nowhere to be found. Like, the people were mentioning a downtown, which was a strip of three stores with one parking lot. One was the liquor store, which doubled, um, I think, as a pet food store as well. Um, And then they had a jewelry store, and then they had a restaurant. There was also the most disgusting, unfortunate homeless person I've ever seen. I felt like they're, do you remember? Their, like, flesh was, like, rotten. Yeah, I mean, this was complete third world. This was disgusting. Um, Felt It was completely different uh, than where we were staying, and it was kind of eye-opening just to see that level of poverty, like, you know, a 10-minute ride away from one of the most luxurious places, places on earth. Like, yeah, that you will ever see. Um, so we got the booze, headed back. That was enough. Um, we did get lost on the way back, which was not fun with no GPS and no phone service. And it was also pouring rain. It was pouring rain. Um, so we were just happy to find this ferry, which took probably about 45 minutes extra to find it. Um, Just asking random people where to go. And like there's probably eight or nine different ports um, that have boats. So you don't know which one's which. Finally got back and we're like, whoo, thank goodness that is over. I never need to go back there. Um, We were so happy to be back. Um, And that was our experience on the main island. Now, Um, Some of the other activities that we can mention that you can do um, off the island, uh, you will take that, you know, ferry to go to, uh, you know, scuba, reef fishing, deep sea fishing, swimming with the sharks, uh, parasailing. And then at the resort, um, I mentioned the spa, the Miri Miri Spa by Clarence they have. Uh, complimentary water sports, non-motorized, um, includes stand-up paddle boarding and kayaking. If you want to get those um, motorized things like jet skis and stuff like that, uh, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine. They charge a ridiculous amount, like $250 for a half an hour. Like if you're, if you're going to give water sport activities, just throw in a jet ski like we're staying at your resort. So that kind of ticks me off when they have that. 
They also had something I've never seen before. They had these water bikes. Um, That's and right. So Beth and Steve, who I just mentioned before, two shoutouts. Two shoutouts. They actually gifted that to us for while we were on our honeymoon. But unfortunately, I got a very bad sunburn and was not able to do them. But they looked super fun. Yeah, the UV index is super high there. And the weather, like, overall isn't great. It's, like, muggy and cloudy. It's warm. Like, you know, it's 85, 88 degrees. Um, but there's a lot of cloud cover. It can change, like, in an instant. So it could be sunny, you know, at 12 Hence o'clock. the torrential downpour that right. we experience. Yeah, it's tropical. Um, you get a lot of thunderstorms, you know, when it's a tropical environment. Um, but it it wasn't like a situation where the skies were just stark blue with no clouds the entire time. And it's a perfect, you know, 81 degrees. It was warm. It was muggy. You want to jump in the water there. Um, so we went over, you know, some of the things you can do. They also have a tennis court. Um, let's talk about the Polynesian dinner show for a second. This was originally suggested to us. If you want to go, you need to pay per ticket, which is like 150 bucks. It does include dinner. It's not something like we were into to spend that amount of money. I was definitely curious, though. Well, A, I wasn't into, like, the food at that hotel, so I was like, I don't want to spend $150 for a buffet, and it's a buffet. It was like a pig roast, I don't like buffets. Honestly, like, I would be into a pig roast. I don't think it was a pig roast. I think it was just a buffet. Um, I think that they, like, had pork. But anyway, so I was really curious, though, about the Polynesian show because I try and like to immerse myself in as much culture as, I, I mean, I'm not a museum person, not that there are museums in Bora Bora, but you get the gist. So I don't know who had told us this, but they had basically said, if you go and have drinks at that bar, you can have a full view of the show and not have to pay for the subpart. Pro there. tip right there. Pro tip. And we did it and it worked out great. Yeah, it was great. Like I watched the show for 15 minutes. That was enough. Yeah. Um, didn't have to have their food, got a drink or two, um, and walked around. Like these people who paid, you know, these ridiculous prices to, to see the show, like probably 15 feet in front of us. Um, I felt bad for them because, like, it wasn't that entertaining. Like, as I mentioned, 15 minutes, boom, done. I think the entire show was, like, an hour and a half. So good luck to them. I'll uh, I'll be heading back to the room. Um, yeah, so, you know, they try and throw that at you as something different. It's good for kids, but, like, the advice is sit at the bar, watch it, do it for free. Um, yeah, so that's that. So let's um, let's wrap up. By giving our passport stamps. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, we're going to give you a score for each component of this itinerary that we, re- that we reviewed. Each category will be given a score, 0 through 10 passport stamps, with 10 being the best. Um, now, Melissa, do you want to go first or would you rather go second? Second. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so... Each category, and then you say one thought, a sentence or two on why you gave it that score. So the first category is the flight, the Air Tahiti flight, the value and the experience. I'm going to go with a 3.1. Yes, we got there safe and sound. It was a bigger seat than coach, um, but we paid a ridiculous amount of miles, 90,000 each, um, to sit business class. It wasn't 
you know, what we thought it was going to be. The food stunk. There was no entertainment. Um, so there were not many options. So I'll go 3.1 on that. The next one is uh, hotel accommodation and service. Um, this was great. I'll, I'll give it an 8.8. Um, I thought the overwater villa was fantastic, something I would really want to do again. Um, the reason maybe I won't go into the nines is probably because of the food. Um, the service was great, um, but the food was part of the resort there. Um, so, I mean, we could separate that if we want, but overall I'll go 8.8. .8. Um, if we're, if we're just talking about food, I guess I'll go a little lower. Um, and I'll go 6.2 on the food. The breakfast buffet was top notch. I'll give them a lot of credit for that. Uh, the restaurants were subpar activities, uh, 9.5. Um, it was, there was a plethora to do the only drawback, as I mentioned, I really don't like it when you're staying at a resort um, and they charge you, you know, for their activities. So 250 bucks for a half hour of jet skiing. You're always going to have that, though. Like there it depends. Not, it depends. I've never heard of free motorized sports. OK, well, that's my pet. That's a pet peeve of mine. So that's why I'm going to knock it down to a nine point five. But overall, the activities were really great. Um, overall, Bora Bora, um, I will give it. Um, a 9.1, uh, 9.1 passport stamps. So I thought it was a great vacation. It was a great way to relax and get away. You really feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's somewhere I hope to go back to one day. Um, and you know, the experience was, was top notch. So your passport stamps, uh, let's see. First off, uh, the flight value and experience on Air Tahiti Nui. I'll go three, four. Okay, so we were pretty close. Same yeah. reasons? Yes. Okay. Um, how many passport stamps for the hotel accommodations and service? Yeah, I'm going to go eight, nine. Um, loved, I thought the service was impeccable. Um, I'm not going to dock them for the food as much as I'm going to dock them that I think that they need to update a bit. Okay. Uh, how many passport stamps for food in Bora Bora? Food Bora Bora, I guess I'll go like seven nine. That's pretty high. Yeah, I like. I thought the food was fine. Okay. Um, activities at the Saint Regis Bora Bora, or you know, off the island as well. I thought there were a ton of activities. I'll go like nine one. Nine one. Okay. And overall passport stamps for your Bora Bora itinerary. So I think that sometimes I idealized places and I've dreamed about going to them for so long and this was our honeymoon that I I'm disappointed and so I'm gonna go really high because it definitely met and exceeded my expectations I'm gonna go like nine six nine wow seven. which one is it nine six five nine six five passport stamps overall there oh great job Woo. yeah Woo. 9.65 passport stamps overall for Bora Bora. Great vacation. Yeah. Um, great place to go. Hard to get there, but uh, really worth it. Ton of memories as well. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to episode number 12 of the itinerary Bora Bora. Questions, comments, send them in to the itinerary podcast 
at gmail.com. Look at a map of where Tahiti is and send us an email about where you think we went for the second leg of our honeymoon. Ah, nice tease again. Yes. Um, so questions, comments, the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Most importantly, tell a friend. Tell a friend to listen, to download, and to do the same. That's it. And we have a new thing. We have a new policy that we're implementing. We're going to say goodbye to you in the language of where we just were. So creative. So creative. So on that note, na-na. Na-na.